0: I know people get these phone calls all the time from. Uh, some we get agency. them all the
1: time, dude. Google it's
0: crazy. does not have an SEO partner, just for the record. <laughs> like I know a lot of that's part of the, the tactic.
1: Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest today is Aaron Moskowitz. Welcome, Aaron. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. Of course, now we are uh, old friends, went to high school together, uh, it's, that's 20 years ago, in yep. case you are counting. And Aaron and I have kind of reconnected over the last few years, and Aaron turns out Aaron is an online marketing whiz, and we both helped each other out in our respective, kind of us with finance and accounting, and Aaron with his online marketing expertise. So maybe Aaron, give the, the folks your quick background.
0: Well, uh, kind of started in uh, B2B uh, wholesale lending, uh, with some major uh, institutional lenders, uh, went back to school in uh, 2005 to get my MBA, and ever since I, I've, been, uh, I've gone from a, like a business planning professional to online marketing professional to pretty much one of the top SEO leaders in the space, worked for some of the largest websites uh, in the world, actually, uh, helping with their SEO strategy.
1: And you're a very modest man, so for you to say that is, uh, you know, it's the real deal. Aaron knows the stuff, and it's definitely helped us out at Cruise Consulting, and we've also introduced a bunch of our clients to Aaron, too. So we're very grateful for the advice. So do you want to kind of start off and talk about, maybe, maybe create a little bit of a framework here for the audience and how they should think about SEO and online marketing?
0: Uh, certainly. So in terms of SEO, I would say some points of guidance that I could start with, Would be more related to just uh, authority. You know, we use that term a lot. It's also used a lot in like social media marketing, Uh, except in search engine optimization, it's a little bit more predictable and transparent uh, because the largest search engine, as we all know, is still Google. It's not Snapchat.
1: (laughs) A little little company called Google. Definitely heard of them.
0: Yeah. And Google, uh, I, if you watch any of the documentaries about uh, Larry and Sergey, uh, it was based upon um, backlinks and, and maybe a few other factors, um, but essentially what they're trying to do is measure the relevance of, of content and writers and, and brands um, to how uh, people are, are searching for those uh, entities.
1: Uh, and so, like a backlink yeah. is basically like the way the Google initial algorithm started was, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it was basically a backlink, meaning if I link to uh, AaronMoskowitz.com and say, you know, hey, check this site out, that's a vote. That was a signal to the Google al- algorithm that this is a cool site, this, is, this site has some authority. Yes. And they basically counted up all the votes, all the backlinks, and that's how they kind of constructed the authority graph for Google. I, I'm greatly yes. simplifying
0: here, but that's basically it, right? That's basically it. And, and the, uh, the foundational kind of criteria of those, those uh, I, you know, it's a mix of tactics and activities that build that authority, uh, at the core have not really changed over the years. I think what has changed is the interpretations of, of what a good backlink is or an authoritative mm-hmm. publication or, or source. That obviously can be lost in translation when you have uh, small agencies coming from out of nowhere and and saying they have that authority. Uh, I think it's always best just to uh, conduct whatever SEO initiatives you're thinking of, uh, take it on, just do them yourself, Um, not really rely on an agency. You're talking about like the uh, we type in SEO to Google and you see
1: like all these crazy ads for like. We'll solve your SEO problems or right we'll do it for you for free <laughs> yeah. or for a very nominal fee we'll make you the number one accountant in the world
0: and and know, just for the thing. record uh, I know people get these phone calls all the time from uh, some we agency. get them all the
1: time dude Google
0: it's crazy. does not have an SEO partner just for the record <laughs> like I know a lot of that's part of the the
1: tactic of a lot of these uh I get one, like, see. probably every day, someone telling me they can get me on the first page of Google. I mean, I hang up so fast now, but it's, like, it's really... They really do cold
0: call a lot. And it's so confusing. What do you mean the first page of Google? What is the first page of Google? Is that just the search page? Like, I, I don't even understand. Yeah. It's hard for me to even understand what they're saying, typically. Um, I think the people they're selling to don't understand either,
1: and so that's, that's part of the trick. It's like <laughs> the Nigerian email scam, you know? Like, if you're... Dumb yeah. enough to kind of fall for the Nigerians, they they want it to be kind of signaling dumb, so that only people who aren't very smart sign up for it, you know, kind of thing. Right, uh, so. right.
0: And you and I, we've met a lot of people who who maybe are at that level where they would take that with some kind of value. Yeah. but yeah, um, yeah. There there is no partnership between Google and anybody in terms yeah. of search.
1: Uh, so the so getting back to the kind of the authority, like the the trust and authority. You're right. talking about that.
0: Yes, so uh, there are a few uh, kind of metric uh, scoring platforms/slash algorithms out there that uh, most of the top SEOs use to kind of set their KPIs and and monitor the level of authority. Authority can be very closely measured by Moz, a Moz. Oh yeah. Page authority and a Moz domain authority. Uh, as well and Moz was a company called SEO Moz back in the day now it's just called Moz if you uh, if you put Moz, M-O-Z uh, com in your browser uh, you'll see uh, they have all kinds of tools. One of them is the Site Explorer uh, where you put pretty much for free you don't even need an account and you can see the um, page authority and domain authority for pretty much any page or website out there for free without even having an account. That's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. And what is and so kind of connecting that to your to your rank in Google, you know, how does how does that affect how does that trust authority, trust and authority kind of resonate, or how does it make itself visible in Google?
0: So when Google has like a hundred thousand results for a keyword, like bunny rabbits, typically the the pages on page one have both a high page authority and a high domain authority. Uh, typically, pages on page one of Google have a domain authority of at least 30, and that's the authority for the entire website. And typically they, you know, the page authority may matter, may not, really depends on the competing pages. But typically I see pages on page one that have a page authority of five to sometimes even fifty. But what's interesting is that You can rise in page authority very quickly with just, like, two backlinks. I mean, this is what we discovered at at, uh, a big portal I used to be the head of SEO for is that that it really didn't take much to get from a page authority of one to, like, 25. Interesting. Very little. Like, you, you could get to 25 with, like, two backlinks. From respected publications.
1: So does that mean, you know, spending a little bit of money and a little bit of energy on PR or a lot of energy writing some very good blog posts or just kind of,
0: you know, articles? Is a is that gonna really give you a boost? Yeah, I mean if you wanna write a blog post and cross your fingers, that's great. But what's interesting is that <laughs> is that the SEO world is really emulating the offline world now and it really is starting to come down to relationships. And Interesting. Uh, kind of the, the girth of authorship, kind of uh, the clusters of authors and the relevance of each author and the trustworthiness of authors.
1: Now, are you saying this in like a qualitative way, like your mm-hmm. reputation kind of yes. in the industry? Or are you saying it like there's some algorithm that tells us this kind of stuff?
0: Well, Google's going beyond algorithm and, and they actually have manual raters now.
1: Whoa, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, they're paying them like $15 an hour. And uh, there was actually a document leaked last year. Or no, actually in 2014, I think, uh, showing kind of the master plan, which I I think can be summarized or is actually summarized in the document as kind of narrowing in on items that relate to people's money and their life. So they're, they're trying to first monitor authorship uh, in terms of, like, should this person be talking about or giving legal advice or should this person be giving health advice? And they're kind of slowly and quietly building um, author rank, which I think a lot of people thought they would do when they came out with Google+. Plus. But uh, as with most side projects that Google comes out with uh, – Google Plus did not become what they expected, and when they started featuring um, author-like images in search, they saw that a lot of the SEO uh, pros out there were kind of taking advantage. So they they took down their original strategy and implementation, and uh, they um, they slowly started to build author rank uh, in the back end without saying anything. Uh, you won't be able you won't see anything from like mat cuts or or any of these evangelists out there talking about this author rank. So what does that mean practically
1: for the the audience? Like if you're a founder or Mm -hmm. early stage startup employee,
0: like how does this impact the decisions you make and what should you do about it? Well, I think we've seen it, right? Very small, like one to five person startups We've seen, like, isn't there a company called, like, Groove HQ or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we've seen it. Like, that's kind of what is helping a lot of those blogs uh, get as big as they are, is is really the authorship. And and uh, the tech community is, is amazing. I mean, I'm sure you would agree in how everybody just really collaborates well. And I think the tech community really kind of drove... The whole idea of blogs, if you think about it. I mean, even in um, the Facebook, you know, the network, that movie? Social network. The social network, yeah. So in the social network, remember, there was a part where, like, Zuckerberg posted something on a blog. But maybe more people read that blog article because they knew it was Zuckerberg and he had raised so much money for Facebook.
1: Oh, interesting. So yeah. that's that's kind of like the, your reputation inside the tech circles and things like that
0: can yeah. can bring an
1: audience to you. Right, that definitely happens. You know, there's definitely like big bloggers or people. I remember like for my nonprofit Ben's Friends, we do a lot of we did a ton of work with Discourse, which is an open source kind of chat or uh, Q and A site. Oh, right, right. It's the foundation of uh, Ben's Friends now, and um, Jeff Atwood, one of the founders. Tweeted out this thing that I wrote for Ben's friends on behalf for, for discourse, just promoting discourse. Nice. And because Jeff is so well regarded in the community, I got like you know twenty five retweets and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh wow, these people have a huge following.
0: It's, well, it's so very, very so powerful. yeah, the primary basis as of right now, the only thing that we can see is that Google is using Twitter author bios and uh, Google Plus to kind of build up this rank. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, and actually the author bio component is really very minimal. I've seen um, low page authority articles get to the top of page one just because the writer had like a two sentence bio.
1: Oh my gosh. So yeah. that, that bio is actually
0: important is what you're saying. It's very important. Yeah. So um, pages that that are, are on blogs and show an author just being like admin, right? If you If you just set up WordPress, probably... You know, you made your account admin and, and your WordPress is about to be hacked any day because every hacker <laughs> knows how to get into to a WordPress install with admin as the username. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, they're missing that authorship and it's something so simple. It's just a set it, forget it type of thing. So what
1: you're saying, if I can distill this down or, or you distill it, is getting your name and developing your own voice and developing your own online identity can really help your SEO. Yes. And
0: it will help even more in the coming years if you're a doctor or an attorney. But then again, the the California state bar and, and probably many of the other um, bars throughout the country are trying to uh, they're trying to make their own rules uh, in terms of, you know, putting the author as an attorney but actually having articles written by, you know, outsourced agencies. Oh, really? So yeah. so there's doctors who are employing ghostwriters or something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, we all know Dr. Oz has been doing it for many years. I mean, he's not writing all of those articles on the Huffington Post. Oh,
1: interesting. Yeah. So so if you were to kind of distill this first first piece of advice here, what how would, what
0: would you tell the founder and startup community? Uh, set up a Google Plus account, set up a Twitter account, uh, start a blog and create an author bio on the blog and maybe recruit a few of your friends uh, to also contribute so that you can show your publication is not just the perspective of you.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought of the Google Plus part of that aspect. Like, I think we have a Google Plus account,
0: but I don't even know if we do. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much why you see a lot of these really bland accounts out there where they're maybe like author accounts and they're just posting their articles Maybe they don't know much about social media, so they're not trying to build a relationship with anybody. But it actually worked out in the end for a lot of those people because it's helping Google create a footprint.
1: Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. They're they're networking, they're they're seeing what's happening across the world. Yeah, they're kind of just monitoring it. the and yeah. building the the connection. Cool. Okay. So get a Twitter account, a Google Plus account, set up mm-hmm. your own blog, make sure you tie that to your own identity. And then have a few friends collaborate with you to show it's not just your
0: opinion. And also, guest blog. Especially try to guest blog on higher authority publications than yours. And check on the authority using Moz. But also, you can also use uh, majestic.com. Their trust flow score is very closely associated with another score I, I didn't bring up yet. This is very interesting. Uh, up until about three years ago, Uh, Google actually had an authority score for every page in every site. And it was called Google PageRank. And sites that had the highest PageRank were ESPN, Facebook, Twitter. CNN. CNN, right. And it was a score that was just 1 to 10. So it wasn't out of 100. Wait, did that go away? It didn't go away, but uh, Google just decided they were just going to kind of do it behind the scenes. Oh my God, they didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, they used to give an API, like quote unquote coin, to allow people to kind of check using hmm. their API what the score is estimated to be. Uh, and then they, they just stopped kind of supporting that API, I think, in 2014. So what, what took its place? Well, the closest thing to PageRank that I found, um, based on all kinds of study, case studies, etc., cetera, is um, Majestic's trust flow.
1: Oh, got it. Okay.
0: And the calculation is very similar from what I hear to, to how Google came up uh, with their score, except trust flows out of 100.
1: And, and what you're looking for, you've told me this before, is you want your website should have as high a trust flow as possible. Right. And the way you get that is by getting
0: links from other high trustworthy websites, effectively. Well, it gets even more complicated than that. You actually want to find individual pages, to have trust flow. Because oh, what I found is, yeah, a lot of sites will have a trust flow of 30 on the homepage, but articles that have even aged within that site for like six months will have a trust flow of zero.
1: So it's only if you get that link from that homepage with the high trust flow right. that it actually matters.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So if you're trying to do anything, I wouldn't call it manipulate your trust flow or anything, but if you're trying to kind of plan out, you know, if I do this, could I get this kind of result in terms of trust flow? Uh, You may want to see how other maybe older articles, how they ended up in terms of their trust flow within that site. That makes total sense. So what's the next step after that? Just keep doing it. (laughs) Over and over Over and over and over again. I mean, after you've gotten your initial trust flow, which Google will show you the results almost right away. It's so transparent, it's not even funny. But after that, you're pretty much just in competition for for more links with more authority. And that's just the only way to climb. There, there's no real way around There are some tactics, and maybe some of them, you know, they're considered like black hat. We call a lot of these tactics black hat because they're, they're temporarily breaking what's assumed to be the rules of search and mm-hmm. what's ethical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And- uh, Sometimes Google penalizes you if they figure out you're doing black hat stuff. Yeah, but just, just by having you know, content of value that refers back to your site at a min- minimal level, you know, a natural level, is never going to get you penalized. I mean, that's, Google appreciates that. But uh, all these you know, uh, tactics that go around anything ethical or natural... Uh, eventually, you know, somebody's gonna be penalized. And you hear about these stories of like
1: big online networks, like content networks just going from like millions and millions and millions of page views to zero or or right. nothing because they were doing something black hat and Google
0: figured it out and then they penalized yeah. them. There was a case I remember, like speaking of a big company, I think it was like JCPenney, where they just had a bunch of links from fake blogs. So blogs that had the admin as the author. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. So there were just so many. I mean, we're talking about like millions of, of backlinks, which is kind of funny because I don't know personally too many people who shop for anything online from JCPenney, but maybe who knows. Well, that's why. They had to get higher up in the search rankings yeah. so they can get more customers. <laughs> they need to see to what would happen. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs>
1: So that high trust flow, doing a lot of guest blogging, um, and you know from from not just sites but pages that have a high trust flow are,
0: is a critical part of that. Everything that has to do with SEO beyond uh, common, you know, public belief, it, it it has to do with pages. Like Google indexes pages. Google, have they they have something in their algorithm that's comparable to the Moz domain authority, but. Ultimately, the way that pages are indexed has to do with individual pages. Got
1: it. I, the, one of the things I like about SEO is that it rewards you for putting in a lot of effort and writing high-quality content. Like That's something we try to do quite a bit. We try to answer people's questions all over the place, across yes. the web. And what we found is, and we're still pretty low on this, and the Cruise Consulting website is pretty new. But I like it. It's like you put the effort and work in and you get rewarded versus like having more money to spend than somebody else. You know, we're, we're never going to outspend anybody. But if we invest our time and energy, we get rewarded. I think that's really cool.
0: Yes, and, and that's the whole idea. And um, if you're really good at what you do – then you are capable of adding more value.
1: Yeah, it's it's that rewarding the effort and and uh, dedication. I really like, and you're right. Like people do, um, they ask questions like, "What's the best payroll solution?" And we answer that question, and it helps a lot. It helps a lot of people that people were never even going to talk to. Yeah, uh, but it makes me feel good, and I know it makes
0: Vanessa feel good that they're just we're helping people out. It's really cool. And and I think with those like helpful types of content. What's interesting is that um, you can't always plan out how well it's going to do because at least 20% of every search that's conducted every day is brand new. Wow. Are you kidding me? No.
1: So So humans are continually inventing new searches, basically.
0: Yeah, and Google came out with something called RankBrain that's supposed to dynamically take a brand new search and figure out how... How it's relevant, you know, within their algorithm. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. What are some other tips or tactics people can do to
1: just kind of improve? It's not just about SEO, but just, you know, mm-hmm. improve their presence online.
0: Well, you know, I, I've read and heard a lot about the phenomenon of uh, what we call in SEO the ping pong effect, and that's when somebody uh, goes and searches for a term and clicks through, you know, some listing that they see, and then they go to the page and maybe or maybe not they didn't like what they saw and they hit the back button and they go right mm. back yeah without engaging it's like at a all. bounce it's like it's like a bounce yeah which even a bounce is pretty vague in our world there mm. there is no definition out there of what a bounce is in Google's eyes you know people say oh it's 30 seconds and some people say it's 15 seconds and and no engagement and you know there's all kinds of theories out there um, but essentially, somebody going to your page and going back to Google is a really bad thing. Oh, man. Like instantly going back.
1: Yes. So I guess that's telling Google that Google made a mistake and shouldn't rank you that high.
0: Actually, it doesn't even have to be instant. It's so vague. We don't really know. It could be two minutes later. Whoa. Yeah. So what do you do to combat that? Is there anything you could do? Well, there are all kinds of uh, scripts out there that will... They'll analyze uh, exit intent in real time of the visitor. And maybe they'll put like a pop-up that uh, it's kind of like, please don't go. <laughs> oh, this is like a uh, bounce exchange or some of those like things. Bounce, th- and that's why they call yeah. it bounce exchange because yeah. essentially it, it creates what Google could perceive as engagement because it could set off a pixel, that exit intent event could be setting off a pixel, which Google really wouldn't be able to tell if that was them clicking through to like maybe an on-page, like maybe like an on-page box, like a what we call like a modal box mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. voting on something. They can't really tell. That's where, where Google gets confused. So by having some kind of action, I, I've even seen some websites create a JavaScript action based on somebody just scrolling down their page. Oh, interesting. That sounds like it's illegal or against Google's rules. Well, you know, so Google is in a precarious position where either they're against the idea of the use of JavaScript or they embrace it. And they seem to have, over time, embraced it. And not embracing JavaScript is a scary thing because JavaScript runs most of those advertising containers Mm. yeah so they have to kind of embrace that right so
1: the google algorithm would have a hard time knowing whether you're clicking on a bounce exchange kind of pop-up
0: or if you're actually
1: just genuinely interacting with the site basically
0: yes but google did recently show their true colors and their thoughts Towards these pop-ups,
1: what was the true colors? You say that
0: like almost like Darth Vader music playing there. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what happened was I want to say this is like a month or month and a half ago. Interestingly enough, and I feel like I'm the Google whisper sometimes. Google <laughs> came out with some kind of you know vague policy that would uh, punish mobile only pages that utilize these tactics mm. and they said it was because of user uh, experience but it is interesting because i mean you know a, a plugin called bounce exchange it, so you know it's going to take care of what like maybe as much as 60 percent of search in terms of these pop-ups and a lot of these sites you know they want to set it up For the site, whether it's being downloaded on mobile or desktop, like they don't want to have, they don't want to rely on it just showing on one or the other, you know? It's kind of all or nothing. Yeah. So it seems to me like that had something to do with their inability to track this stuff.
1: What is, what's, what's the whole mobile thing where Google's saying that, you know, if your mobile site isn't optimized for mobile, Mm -hmm. we actually won't show you as high? Can you explain that? It's like that kind of, I mean we're we built our site and it's not the it's good, it's not the greatest, but mm-hmm. that always worries me that like we don't have like a super amazing mobile interface.
0: Mm-hmm. So Google like when everything was desktop, all they needed to worry about was the content. Now, if a site doesn't load quickly for mobile or just makes no sense to the visitor when they click through on mobile, I think that Google's looking at the failure of the mobile side of a website as Kind of their own failure. It affects their brand.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. That, that tells the Google user that, you know, because Google I went to Google and Google ranked this page, it's their fault that it doesn't yeah. show well yeah.
0: through search, through mobile. So Google basically created like a new policy to try to fix this, right? Yeah, and they even went a step further. They created a mobile server that's kind of comparable to uh, the iPhone app, Flipboard. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called AMP. Accelerated I, Mobile Pages.
1: I have heard that. So wait, they're serving? Are they serving my yeah. my mobile web page? Yeah, me?
0: they're serving it. They want the developers to create the the pages with the word with the word or acronym AMP within the URL and some other uh, schema tags or just code added to those pages to communicate with their server, and uh, it'll recognize you know if the user is on mobile. And deliver this real supposedly very fast AMP page, and the top three I guess ranked pages uh, in Google typically have a little thumbnail in Google. Um, oh wow! To further serve the publisher, my experience is I, I mean I don't know if it has to do with click through or or anything, but um, I think only the larger publishers will benefit from that probably because it's hard for little guys to like know how to do this whole amp thing like I don't know how to do that also you're going to have to rank in the top three because most people don't know how don't know to scroll sideways because it's like in a widget oh I know what you're talking about I have seen that yeah the images are in a widget so it's only really beneficial to the three articles that are going to show in that amp widget Got it. So what do I need to
1: do? I need to get my developer to basically create a different kind of the page. Yeah, it's hard to
0: validate that unless you're a big publisher. I can tell you I was at one of the largest publishers in the country. And um, we went through the development for over 10,000 pages. And Google made all kinds of promises of how it was going to help us, even in the near term. And I think after four months of doing that, we'd seen like, 200 referrals. Oh, so like, not, it wasn't really helping you. It was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Oh, another Google side project gone down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Google side projects uh, tanking, uh, I just read an article the other day that um, YouTube, which is owned by Google, heard of it? Yeah. So that's the second largest search engine. It makes me very I've, excited. I've heard that it. too. So actually, they yeah. tried to take the Netflix and Amazon route of you know, creating content with their quote-unquote influencers, and it's called YouTube Red. And they've never promoted anything more than this uh, channel or this, I guess, portal. Anyways, uh, the whole YouTube Red brand only has like one and a half million subscribers.
1: Wow. You know, I think they've tried to get me, they show me like a pop-up all the time about that,
0: trying to get me to subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like... They want an Emmy, Scott. They want the Emmy. (laughs) They want what Amazon has. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing about
1: that is it does feel like – I mean YouTube's amazing and it is one of the largest sites and it's it's a really kind of democratized the world because anyone can get a video up and everything. But it does feel like the Netflix business model and even Spotify business model. I think they're both kind of squeezing YouTube from different sides because I think a lot of people listen to music on YouTube, but Spotify has made it so easy. Right. They don't have to do that
0: anymore. You know what's a big market on YouTube in terms of search is uh, public domain um, children's songs. Interesting. Yeah. Y- if you look up, like, Mary Had a Little Lamb, you'll see tons of uh, accounts that nobody's ever heard of with, like, 70 million oh my God. page plays. Yeah. Is there anything,
1: like, startups should do for their YouTube channel or things to optimize their, their video presence?
0: Yes. So the, the first thing that I would do is I would access a tool called uh, SEM Rush. And there's another tool called VidIQ, but I don't really know how to use VidIQ to my benefit, really. What a t- small tactic that I took on back in the day was I would, and I still do this um, with a lot of different sites and tactics, I-, I would search for the top keywords that YouTube.com, like the whole website, is indexing for there's like millions of keywords, and uh, you can actually export a CSV of like the top twenty-five thousand keywords. Wow! Uh, and you will see. I mean, you can sort these keywords by track by estimated traffic, by ranking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you may even want to filter down uh, to a keyword related to wherever you're trying to be indexed. And you can kind of. Craft where you would end up if you created a, a video like not just in YouTube but but they're checking like where these videos or these pages index in search so not like video search but Google Regular search, search. Yeah. yeah which I think that's an incredible opportunity and they're typically like how to videos I think a video that refers the most traffic from organic search to YouTube is how to tie a tie <laughs>
1: course yeah
0: because every guy's looking for that yep um, yep and I know a lot of people are listening that that uh, sell ties so
1: so maybe like in your profession if you create a couple of how-to videos that's yeah. actually a great way to get now does that I, I can understand how it gets you video traffic does that reflect well on kind of your website and your online presence
0: yeah so uh, I, I, what I think is a big factor in SEO is kind of this this activation factor. That I call um, traffic signal. So traffic signal has nothing to do with your SEO or anything. It could be traffic from anywhere. And that I would say is at least 7% of, of the total algorithm that, that Google is considering to uh, ranking your page. Interesting. Yeah. So, should I should you be it, just to clarify? Should I be embedding that video on my webpage, or is it just having it on YouTube? Is enough? Well, in terms of YouTube SEO, um, I think there's like two, three main factors. One of them actually is embeds on other sites because it's kind of like a, it's a, a signal s- scratch our back will scratch yours type thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Where YouTube wants to get more advertising out there, so. They will reward those that embed the YouTube player elsewhere, or get get their player embedded elsewhere. And then um, another factor, uh, which recently changed actually, is uh, minutes watched. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. So uh, you know the really smart uh, YouTube channels or or creators, uh, they have really engaging and relevant uh, playlists. Uh, which is a really good idea because playlists, you know, the more... The more time, you know, those are autoplay, and the more time that people are watching them, um, you know, the higher those videos are being. It, it cycles you from one play, one video to another which automatically. Your playlist, yeah, yeah, that is yeah. By the way, YouTube is really big into autoplay over the last few years. For <laughs> for some reason, I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. you got to roll more commercials, more commercials. Yeah, that's um, what it is. well, cool. Well, that's that's a really good tip.
1: So let's to kind of wrap it up here. What yes. are your? Can, can you want to summarize your kind of core tips and uh, and we can have you back for another session because this stuff is really helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't really counted, but I would say a main tip is just number one, build your trust flow for each page on your site. Number two, uh, I guess related to that, uh, search is not about just the authority of your entire website, but each page on your site. Number three, I would say traffic is important. And number four, do whatever you can to make sure that, that people don't go back and forth from Google uh, to your That's site, great and back point. to Google. Yeah. And, and invest the time and energy and write great content, and it'll pay off. Oh, for, actually, yeah. Thank you, Scott. That's number five. Make important content. Don't, don't just write a title of a page in 400 words. That's, write something in depth. Yeah, something that people see of value. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Founders of Friends, really appreciate it. Can you tell the audience where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my email is Aaron at Aaron uh, .net or dot com. I have both. And I know that's really hard to spell. Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Aaron Moskowitz at Aaron Moskowitz and uh, Pinterest as well. Aaron Sweet. Moskowitz. Yeah. <laughs> so if
1: anyone has any questions, they should shoot you an email and uh, I'm sure you'll answer certainly certainly awesome thanks for coming on man really but appreciate it thanks for having me scott have a good day all right bye. take care